CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is Chris Chalice. And this is Dave Williams, and you're listening to Talking Metal. Hey guys, welcome to episode 354 of Talking Metal. On today's episode, we have Chris and Dave from Killinger joining us, a great new band, so stay tuned for their interview. A rather disgusting story about Motorhead, which you can uh, jump over if you're easily disturbed. If you want to download a free Killinger track, go to TalkingMetal.com and look in today's show notes for episode 354. Uh, this is part one of three of the July 12th Talking Metal Live show. Attention metal freaks, the shit has hit the fan, and by the fan, I mean the back of my pants. This is Talking Metal Live. On tonight's show, we've got interviews with members of Killinger, Black and Blue, and Black Veil Brides, plus in-studio guest Eric Bodensteel. Now, your hosts, Mark and John. Yo, Mark Striegel, thank you, Bud Friendly. How are you guys? Uh, I'm doing good. We got Eric here. We got Bud Friendly, four guys hanging out in the studio, having a good time talking some metal tonight. A lot to talk about in addition to the interviews. Uh, we had a, a metal passing, if you will, this week. We need to talk about that. Um, there is a, a metal birthday that I'd like to mention, and a lot, a lot of great stuff. A big congratulations to Marsary2005 from the Talking Metal Forums and Mars Attacks, who recently had his, uh, his first son born. So uh, big hey, shout-out congratulations. Out to him. And we're going to get into some Michael Shanker here in a minute to start things off. But let's uh, let's introduce Eric and uh, talk about how we know him. Eric, I've known you probably, what, like 12 years maybe at this point? Yeah, easy by this point, sure. Yeah, yeah. maybe 15. I don't, I don't even know. And uh, Eric was uh, one, one of the of only the- could hang out with uh, at the New York, in the New York bar scene and talk true metal with. I'm talking like Saxon and, you know, Heavy Penton and uh, all, the, all the true yeah, stuff. Yeah, e- Eric you. is really, truly, and I'm serious about this one of the metal experts yes and he was uh, when we appeared back on those vh1 countdown shows eric was uh, with us as one of the the uh metal experts so eric we're going to get into a little michael shanker right now what are uh, some of your michael shanker memories do you remember discovering him for the first time probably the uh living in germany eric yeah. used to live in germany that's actually. where i grew up and uh probably the built to destroy album was my first intro to him on 
record vinyl at the time, but uh, I got to see him as the Macaulay Shanker Group during yeah. the rain out at Monsters of Rock in 87 with the oh, first wow. show by the one-armed Def Leppard, and uh, <laughs> they got rained out, so that all the Germans just sang the national anthem with The Michael Leopard Schenker. was deaf and only had one arm. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and then Michael Schenker has kind of spent the last 20 years doing a lot of crazy stuff, and uh, I'm looking forward to hearing what you got going. Is this off his new record? No, this is off. Uh, this is Lost Horizons off oh. his uh, uh, original solo record, if you will, the there you Michael go. Shanker Group, 1980, and uh, one of one of the songs that pulled me into to uh, Michael Shanker was was this song and that record. Uh, Michael, uh, kind of an interesting life. They, they should yeah. should write a book. I mean, he's <laughs> seems like he's one of those guys who never really quite stopped partying, if you will. But let's get into a little Michael Shanker right now on Talking Metal. Shut up. 
Yowza, and we're back with Talking Metal Live. Now, your hosts, Mark and John. Cool little Michael Shanker there. That was definitely the song that pulled me into Michael's solo work. Uh, like you, Eric, I did see the Macaulay Shanker collaboration yeah. uh, with. Were you actually? You may have been with me at that show, John. Mm. Uh, opening for Rush in Worcester, Massachusetts. You know what? I don't believe that was me uh, there. Okay, but Rob, that's a great Rob show. Rob was there, and my yeah, uh, must friend have been Steve Rob. Gissen, actually. Yeah, oh, yeah I, remember I Steve caught Gissen. the drumstick. I don't know who wow. the drummer was in Michael uh, Shanker group at that but you caught a at stick. time. Yeah, I caught the drumstick. And then as I was walking out, people thought I had caught Neil Peart's drumstick. Oh, so everybody was like freaking out. out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what <laughs> I like I about that? I was walking by a KFC once and yeah. caught a drumstick also. That was very good. And it's like a three-letter thing, and that's what I was going to talk about. MSG, Michael Shanker Group, MSG, Macaulay Shanker Group. There you go. Just like oh, yeah. ELP was once Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, and then for a short time they were Emerson, Lake, and Powell. Yeah. I was recently at a Chinese restaurant that was bragging that they, I guess they didn't like Michael Shanker. It said, no MSG. Oh, yeah, you they, they, yeah. They, you're not allowed to listen to them it. in that place. Keeping on the German uh, metal tip, Udo, Dirk Schneider, uh, the new solo record. Eric, have you heard that? Yeah, I've got it here, yeah. Rev Raptor. It's yeah, great. It's, it's if, great. If, if you like uh, Accept, and I don't consider the this so-called Accept record that's out right now an Accept record. Do you um, like the record, though? The you, Accept record, Blood of yeah, Nations? Yeah. Absolutely not. No, no, you don't. No, not one single thing. That's a rare. Um, that's a rare stance to take because so many people. I know. Think it's what so is great? Brave not, words called it the best record best of, of the, 2010. Yeah, yeah, I just don't get it. I, I um, and, and nothing against those guys. They all seem like good guys and everything. Yeah. But the, uh, if you want accept, go to the snarly sound of accept because he's. I mean, Udo is. Sort of like, I mean, there's a few, only a few bands kind of like him, like Overkill is like that. Like every nine, ten months, you're getting another record. Right. Whether you want it or not. And yeah. most of the time, I don't really care, but right. I'll check it out. And this record, uh, like Dominator, the one that came out last year, or 17 months ago, or whatever, I mean, he's, he's always busy, is, uh, is strong. And it's yeah. uh, better than any, any of the except stuff in the past 15 years. Yeah, I, w I was actually pleasantly surprised. Uh, I think it's better than most of the stuff he's put out, you know. Oh, yeah. Post yeah. except Udo. And, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, it's his best since 99's Holy. Right. I think. Right. And yeah. uh, just, what, which I'm trying to think, uh, were some of the members of Accept involved in yeah, the Yeah. Well, he's got Steven Schwartzman or Stephen Kaufman. Yeah. The, the drummer. drummer. The drummer, right. Yeah. Who Playing also, guitar? He plays or, guitar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like okay. That, See, yeah. I, I thought he was still on drums. I didn't realize he plays guitar. No, I think too. he switched over. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So definitely was excited by that. Maybe we'll play some of that. In a bit, we have an interview coming up in just a couple minutes uh, with Chris from Killinger. So they're a cool new band out of Canada. We'll be speaking with him for about 10 minutes or so when he calls in. Right. Uh, we wanted to mention that there was a death. Wurzel from Motorhead died. Wow, very and, hard uh, to believe. 61 years old. 61 yeah. years young. Yeah, and uh, apparently he was uh, had a smile on his face and uh, was drinking a pint, according to the that's, Lemmy statement. That's today. the way to go if you're going to do it. Yeah, so sort of like John Entwistle from The Who in Vegas in a hotel yeah, room with uh, yeah. ladies of the evening and, you know, fun dust and just, you know, had a great, went out great, had a great time. <laughs> Entwistle, definitely one of the harder rocking members of The Who, Who of course, yeah. played on Glenn Tipton's solo record. That's uh, right. Yeah, overshadowed by Keith Moon, fire, but uh, yeah, quietly yeah. had a... You know, four decade, five decade long party. Our friend uh, Rob uh, Fiore hung out with John Antwistle shortly before his death. <laughs> uh, 
I, I no somehow comment. not surprised, <laughs> but yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Entwistle, always one of my favorite bass players without question. We also, speaking of, uh, you mentioned uh, Keith Moon. Let's stay on the classic rock, if you will. Classic Great. I would hard love rock to. Uh, drummer. Dead drummer vibe. Eric Carr's birthday today. Yeah. Oh. Eric Carr yeah. has always been one of my absolute favorite drummers and is literally one of my biggest influences as a drummer. Yes, he would. Uh, I don't know how old he would have been. He, passed, he was 41 in 90, 1991 when he passed right. away. So I guess he would have been 61. 61. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Older than Vinnie Vincent. Wow. Now, wow. I wouldn't have thought that. Now, John, I know you uh, work with Ace and have been uh, hanging with him and stuff. Uh, the new Ace book, will will he go into any uh, any stories about Eric or mention Eric? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Ace and Eric were great friends, and they were even friends once Ace left Kiss. Yeah, because there was some rumor that Eric had called Ace for advice at one point post hmm. uh, d when he was sick. I don't know. Who knows? You know what? I'm not sure about that. But what I do remember is I heard a story, and this was something that I heard prior to even working with Ace on the book, but that uh, Eric... Uh, Worked with Ace while he was auditioning guitar players at one point here in New York City. So Ace needed somebody to play drums while he was doing the auditions. And so Eric Carr came by and, and jammed with him. Well, and I think that's when they got Richie Scarlett back in the band. Very interesting. So uh, happy birthday to the late, great Eric yeah, Carr. Yeah, absolutely. We mentioned uh, Wurzel from Motorhead passing. Well, let's get into a little music from him right now. And hopefully when we come back, we will have our interview ready to go. Let's see what we got here. This is Shut You Down by Motorhead. Shut you down. 
Hey, 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 what you just heard was Motorhead. Shut you down. That about shut me down. We weren't ready to. Uh, <laughs> we were just caught in the middle of hey, a, a yeah. four-way wrestling match. Prior to this, what's that? Were the mics live right before we went? No, because I actually said a word and they weren't live when, when you were crying. Okay, good, good. Yeah. Anyways, the Killinger uh, is a no-show as of this point. So the seven fifteen interview. What's the time in Canada? Oh, maybe maybe it's a yeah, different it's time. Same, no, there, I don't yeah. think so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah guys, I wasn't saying anything negative about anybody, but I just like to know when the mics are live. We were talking about that is not an incriminating <laughs> statement. Udo. Udo. Yeah. So, yeah, Eric, tell us your favorite song off the the new record. Uh, the Udo record, uh, yes. it would be Rock and Roll Soldiers. The ballads that he, uh, for some reason, includes on every album are just more hilarious than and just novelty. But every record that he's put out in his solo discography has always got four to six just great accept songs. And yeah. So you get a great accept album with every pairing of two Udo records. You yeah, I saw the it, yeah. I saw the video for I gave as good as it. As I yeah. get, which I thought was was just classic. If you, I if mean, you, that old face of his. <laughs> I mean, the the thing with these guys dying and getting old, man, it, it makes me feel so much older. You oh, know? sure. And it's sure. just like it's sad because you know when 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 I when we were kids listening to a lot of these guys, they were actually technically younger than we are right now. You know? Yeah, and they yeah. not know, only technically, actually, yeah, yeah. actually. Thank you, sure. Friendly. But um, you know, to see to see, uh, I actually got a kick out of that that video just to see the lines in that guy's <laughs> face. I, I just, the catcher's mitt. Yeah, so it's, yeah, it's the real deal. You know. Oh yeah, I, rem- I remember I bought him a uh, beer at Lemoore's ten years ago. They oh, were uh, they were opening for Saxon, so I went out to go see him. One of the last shows Lemoore's was kind of actively promoting before it burned down or went right. away, whatever. And, what uh, what I, version of of Lemoore's was this? Because there was this a few. Well, it was out in Nightmare, whatever the neighborhood. I just call right. it Nightmare out in Brooklyn, wherever it was. The I mean, same was one just, that we saw Halford at. I, I, we were at that I show think so. together, yeah, right? I think yeah, that one. That yeah. One. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, I played it. Lamar. I saw like you know Creator and Arch Enemy and and all that yeah. before it went away. Anyway, so I, I bought him a beer after the show, and he uh, his German his English is spotty, especially in a loud club. And I, all he and I and I, I had had a few pops myself, so I grabbed him and I. Said, Said, you know, he's he as a German, he doesn't wear a lot of deodorant. So right, and after right. and after a sweaty except Udo show, he uh, definitely was ripe. And I said to him, I said, I, I you know, put my arm around him, and I was like, ah, oh, you know, Herr Dirk Schneider. You, and I said in German, you know, you you smell like home. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and he w- looked at me kind of strangely, and I handed him a fresh Budweiser, a can of Budweiser, and he threw it down and just said American Scheiße and walked away. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> what does that what mean? Does that American shit. I'm not. Yeah, he's oh, like, I'm, oh, not, I'm not gonna... He wasn't talking about you. No, no, no. Beer. He laughed at me, but he, then I ended up a beer, and he was just yeah. like, he, he'd had enough, and he was ready yeah. to I got I got to get over to Germany. I, I, uh, <laughs> still have not made it there yet. John, have you been to Germany? No, I have not. Bud friend? Uh, yeah, I fled. Oh. <laughs> I would have. I would like to go there because, as you know, uh, I love Ramstein. It's my yeah, favorite Ramstein, group. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the shows there are interesting because, uh, and this is something the States has never really got on, the whole festival thing, but also festivals over there. In, until about the, 10 years ago, festivals were music festivals. So you would go to a festival and it would be like, you know, ladies and gentlemen, Peter Gabriel. Peter Gabriel come out and do a big time, do a big show, and then Slayer comes out. Yeah. And then Kylie Minogue would come out, and then Marillion, right. then Judas Priest, Halloween, Running yeah. Wild, Sodom, and then... And the headliner would be, you know, the equivalent of a Coldplay-ish kind of band would right. be on. Yeah. And that, it was just music festival. <laughs> Very strange. Do you guys think that 
Udo will ever be back and accept. I mean, do, do we think that can happen? I never say never. I mean, is I my, mean, in my because opinion, they've the, done it three times. Yeah, I mean, I mean the last the, the Blood of Nations record is is as well. It was is is the the reviews were for it. it. I don't believe it really sold all that well. So I, I, I don't know. I, I and I like that record a lot. Right. Oh, yeah. And I yeah. we really like Mark. Oh, Mark's a great singer. Yeah, actually, yeah I like his voice. It's, yeah, yeah. That, I mean, quick, and he actually played jammed with John and I yeah. right, right after he joined Accept. So that yeah, was good. that was really cool. But uh, let's get into Rock and Roll Soldiers. This is a song that uh, Eric you mentioned earlier, and we will come back. I guess the Killinger Chris from Killinger is a no show, so we're going to move on. All right, here's a little Udo Dirk Schneider. Do I say that name right? Dirk, actually, Dirk actually, yes, but actually, I think they call the band, which we don't in the states, they call it UDO. They UDO. Don't, yeah, they don't call it Udo. Okay. They call yeah, we call it Udo in the States. I think over there they call it UDO. Yeah. Wow. U more of a period, band. D period, O yeah, period. More of a yeah. band thing. Because right. he's and had these, this band name. together for 20 years. Right. So. Yep. And, and my theory is why he's not back in Accept is mm -hmm. he simply makes m probably more oh, money. He's much more successful. On, just, on his own. Right. You know? yeah. I mean, even if he doesn't have that brand name, he's not splitting it five ways. Right. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the way it goes nowadays. Anyways, here's Rock and Roll Soldiers. Just 
Hey, Chris and Dave, this is John Astronomy. Welcome to Talking Metal. How you doing? Great. Guys, Mark here. Thanks so much for calling in. This is Chris here. I think Dave just went to the washroom, so he'll oh. be back in a couple minutes, Mark. Okay, no problem. Chris, how you doing tonight? I, I'm doing awesome, man. It's a pleasure. Uh, I've been watching and listening to you guys for too many years. Oh, well, thank good. you very much. Thank you. Well, the, the CD sounds great uh, and really digging it. I wanted to ask you if you could just fill us in a little bit about the band for the Talking Metal listeners who might not have any idea who you guys are. Let's uh, start off with uh, who's actually in the band. Who's actually in the band is obviously there's me, there's David Williams, there's Kevin Morin on guitar, and there's Justin Craig on bass now. Um, our previous bass player, R.J. Killinger, we had to uh, uh, not necessarily let him go, but his uh, his family's growing and uh, his responsibilities are at home. So uh, we ended up getting Justin in the band just about three months ago. And then we're looking at releasing this album, um, North America, on August 30th. And uh, we're just working on some tour stuff now. I mean, we're based out of Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, which is just east of you guys. Oh, okay. And, uh, <laughs> By about 2,000 miles, but uh, we uh, toured last year with Lynch Mob, you know, just to see how the tunes were going to work out for us, and uh, we ended up getting George Lynch on the album. He did a solo on the, uh, on the song called Never Change, and um, Pete Holmes, actually, from Black and Blue, did all the drum tracks on this album. Oh, cool. And, we got Jamie uh, coming up on the show in just a bit. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, sorry, I'm here. Sorry, I was uh, I was in the washroom. Sorry, guys. Oh, hey, Dave. Dave. Hey, Dave. Here. <laughs> uh, I'm doing great, man. I, I just heard, I was just listening in here talking about uh, Pete Holmes and stuff like that. Uh, Pete's a great guy. I would like to call him Uncle Pete because uh, you know he was such a uh, such a you know just you know such a seasoned veteran to have you know come in and help you out with something. But it was uh, you know it was one thing to have his uh, talent on the album, but to be able to hang out with the guy, man. He told me a Motorhead story, like a road story that I tell everybody now. Uh, well, say this is this is a Pete Holmes. Motorhead story, and you will not believe it. And everybody looks disgusted and disturbed, and like they'll never ever get that four minutes back. Can, can we hear the story on air? <laughs> really? Got, yeah, go for it. I've got no today. problem telling you the story. <laughs> yeah, let's now, let's hear it. Now, okay, now well, P- well, Pete was telling me that he's uh, he's hang- uh, he's hanging outside the tour bus, and there's some girls that want to come in, and Pete's like, well, you know, if you want to. You know, and this is before Pete was married, please. All right. Now, you know, okay, and, you know, the girl dropped down and, and serviced Pete. And, like, all right, you know, get on the bus. And, you wow. know, there's a couple other girls that got on the bus. But there's just one girl that was a little bit more loopy than everybody else. And she went off, uh, you know, in the bus and started drinking all the booze that was there. It didn't matter if it was people's drinks or whatever. She started drinking uh, all the booze and... You know, she was getting really flirtatious, I guess, maybe, you know, taking her clothes off and stuff. And uh, she wanted to start having sex with everybody. So she she did that. And people, you know, they're lined up. People are having sex. And Mickey, uh, you know, Mickey finally gets on the bus. And uh, and he's the last one in. And by that time, she had passed out already. So now, uh, you know, Mickey's pissed off. So with her clothes that are kind of strewn around, he, uh, he finds her white panties takes a shit in her panties 
Wow. Puts them back on and then shits in her pantyhose <laughs> and gets the, <laughs> the crap right down to the end of the toe, kind of winds it up, and starts hitting her. Like, hey, oh, you man. fucking bitch, you fucking shit yourself, man. And she wakes up screaming, oh, my God, looks at her panties. Oh, she's embarrassed. She's screaming. <laughs> the whole place is going, you know, the whole front of the bus is just going, you know, absolutely nuts, going crazy. They finally get her off. They throw all of her stuff off and all that stuff. And Pete said, man, the only reaction from Lemmy is like, Lemmy, like all the doors were open. And at the very back, you could see Lemmy with his feet up with his drink and he's playing video games and he looked like and looked at what happened and then right back at the TV like it was just another day at the office right oh my god disgusting crazy stuff yeah oh yeah that the crap at the end of this this uh you know the the pantyhose you know started like straining and he said that the bus smelled like shit for weeks and weeks wow. after man. he said he, he said that was a, you know he wanted to ride with them you know to the next town he said I, that was the first and last time i ever rode with motorhead I oh think. man man what is craziness crazy that is so dave what, what's your history um how uh, pre killinger or how, you know how, how what, what what were you up to in the past what was i up to? musically I yeah in, musically uh, you know just you know rock and roll cover bands and and you know, playing that uh, sort of the, you know, I mean, you know, the scene kind of fell out and, and it was really hard to get gigs after the whole Seattle because I was, we were all about the, the 80s sort of thing. And so that fell out and not that I have anything against that, you know, that music or anything, but I just, you know, I'm not that type of singer. So I found it really ha- hard to get behind. So I just ended up, uh, you know, DJing for a while and DJed oh, wow. at, uh, you know, a few choice clubs, but always had music you know, or always jumped up on stage or always looked to do something. And after that, I, I just formed this 80s, uh, you know, an 80s tribute band, you know, all out 80s music, you know, you know, all the guys dress up and, you know, wear wigs, except for me. And, uh, you know, and we just do a 80s and try to bring that whole sort of concert feel back to the thing. And that's ultimately what got me noticed from Kevin to bring me on board with uh, Killinger. And uh, it was it was, you know, it was between me and Kevin. It was that same thing. I mean, it's always kind of been '80s. So I've, I've really done nothing else except for music. And when the music wasn't happening, I'd float the boat with, you know, doing some DJ stuff. And that's the way, you know. Basically, I think I've had one job in my life for one year, and that was at uh, Axe Music here in Edmonton. And I found, I found numerous ways to call in late. Now, now, Chris, I heard there's a funny story about how you joined the band. Um, I don't know what the story is, but maybe you could fill us in. Well, I actually met Dave and Kevin at a Twisted Sister concert. And uh, I was playing in a Motley Crue tribute band at that time. And uh, they were bugging me and talking to me about they needed some Tama Babinga drums up for Pete. And uh, I said, good luck trying to find a set of those in Canada. They ended up getting a kid out of Toronto. Pete did the drum tracks. Then they were looking at this other drummer uh, who actually got too drunk one night, and they said, yeah, he's definitely not going to cut it. <laughs> and the next thing you know, I get a phone call, and it's, dude, you got to come join the band. And, and I didn't expect it at that time. I was still playing with my Motley thing, and I'm like, did I really want to join another original band and, and slug it out and freaking have to pay and or play and and try to record some tunes. And he said, no, 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 this is totally different. Come up to Edmonton. Cause I live, I live about 300, 300 miles away from them from wow. where the band's based out. Wow. So I go up to Edmonton. Uh, they put me up in a five star. We go out for dinner that night and got me drunk. And it was like, okay, you got to join the band. And I said, well, fuck, I got to think about it first. I said, okay, well, here's a CD, go home. We need an answer in the morning. So by the time I got home, which was 
quite a while later. I phoned him back and I said, I'm in. They said, great. Uh, go to the airport in three weeks. We'll see you in Toronto. We're going to shoot a video. I said, well, are we going to rehearse? Are we going to do anything yet? And they said, like, no, 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 no. We, we, you'll be fine. We'll see you in Toronto. So the video we did for the song, for our single Holding On, that was our very first time we even got together as a band or, or anything. Wow. We never even met each other all together until we flew to Toronto and shot this video. That's crazy. So the chemistry wow. came together so fast. Uh, that's that's kind of my how I got into the band anyways, and then uh, <laughs> and then everything else that's gone along with it. Cool. And you guys, are, you said you're you're working on setting up some some tour dates and stuff in the near future. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. It's all about uh, it's all about uh, getting up to the release. We just uh, the the actual release was going to happen on July nineteenth, but we pushed it back to allow for more promotion and stuff like that. And uh, the way that we're approaching uh, the touring and stuff is uh, it, it's just taking just a little bit more time than we thought, and mm-hmm. it, which is okay. You know, we just want to make sure that when we go out, we do it right. And yeah, there's a lot of people asking like, who's it going to be? Who's is it going to be these people? Like, you should you don't know, get on with these people. Uh, and that's all fine and dandy, but it really, it's uh, we need the most, you know, the biggest bang for our buck when we go out, and uh, that we that we really uh, really appeal to the same sort of fans of, of what the music uh, of, of the kind of music that we have. Uh, if you want to say it's an '80s throwback, then yeah, okay, it's an '80s throwback. Then yes, it does sound very '80s, but uh, we kind of really want to be in and around that same sort of crowd. So, you know, we've missed out, uh, missed out on some opportunities that have uh, come in, you know, but that's, you know, that's the nature of the beast, right? You know, you miss out on opportunities. We missed out uh, with Alice Cooper by just a couple of days. So, like, we are shooting for the big boys. So when we go out, it will be major names that we will be going out with, and, it will, and we will settle for nothing less. Very cool. Now, you guys did the recent Rocklahoma, right? Yeah. We, we did. We we uh, we didn't play there. Once again, it was the promoting of it. We have uh, wow. a thing called the Kill Girls, and what we did was, uh, and at the M3 festival as well, as well, we hired a couple of promotional girls, sent down some Killinger wear, and had them hand out five thousand uh, info cards, postcards to the fans, and take photos with the fans, get the video played on the jumbotron, and pretty much do what we used to do back in the '80s and promote the band physically. With with women, which that, is I guess, great idea. Wrong with that? That sounds good, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah you piqued you my know. interest. What actually is Killinger wear? Killinger wear. Well, it's it's, uh, it's just your basic shirts and booty shorts and stuff like that. But ah. the actual Killinger garb is uh, usually uh, the black boots up to the knee, uh, some fishnets, the uh, the booty shorts, which is almost uh, kind of like a, a Jagger type wear. You know, you see yeah. Jagger girls and sure, kind of right? Like a, yeah, yeah. Except uh, our girls are easy. No, I, I, I like there that. <laughs> I hope the Kill Girls come to New York City at a point very soon. Now, what I think is great about this is that all the really great bands uh, from L.A. in the 80s used to be known for being out there on the Sunset Strip promoting themselves, yeah, putting flyers up and doing all that kind of stuff. And I, I think it's great that you guys are bringing that back to today's metal. Yeah, because well, you think, don't uh, see that all of... the time anymore. Right, exactly. But, but... It's always online. It's, it's social media now, and it, it seems to be a, an extremely lazy way to do something. It's not tangible to the fan to say, hey, you know what? Killinger brought down some of these girls, man. That's friggin' wild. I mean, if, if, if uh, you know, Cinderella or Warrant or Godsmacker, just, you know, three months prior to coming out, we have a huge stampede going on here in Calgary right now. And uh, there's, there's, yeah. there's probably 40,000, 50,000 people that come there every day. 
And I mean, if a band wanted to do a little extra promotion that was up and coming, it'd be a great way to promote. But I mean, that's something we thought about a few months back and just thought, how simple can we do it uh, to get our name started out there? And that was a real easy, tangible way for a fan to actually get something in their hands and uh, whether it be, you know, yeah, that was at uh, Rock, Oklahoma, and the M3 Festival. So the uh, the video was actually played at the uh, M3 Festival uh, quite a few times. A few times first day, a few times second day. I think the final day was uh, spun the most. I think like nine times throughout the day. So you know, getting that uh, getting that stuff out there is uh, yeah. It, it, like Chris was saying, I think people kind of uh, take advantage that you know people like like on Facebook will just you know invites and stuff like that but when you're actually out there or you have representatives of the band it's a much more personal thing and i'm not saying that's lost i'm sure other bands do it but i don't see a lot of bands uh, around canada especially doing that and sending girls you know you know into the uh, into the next country you know to do that sort of promotion so we just uh, we we want to make sure that we have uh, you know a, a lot of people know what's going to go on when we go yeah. on Absolutely. And plus, you guys have been played worldwide on the radio. Now, how did you guys set that up, you know, at this early stage in the band? Just just the people that's working with us, you know, through uh, whether it be our publicist or, uh, you know, our same way we got we got hooked up with you guys today through uh, through our guy there. Through Barry. Um, yeah. Very cool. Barry, Barry, yeah. Everybody's been behind us. Barry Rock. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, Barry's uh, the man. Yes, it, it, what Chris is saying is, like, uh, it is our our camp is uh, we have a great camp, but uh, when we first started, it was just uh, basically Chris and myself really pushing it, uh, getting through to all the internet that we can, uh, and anybody that would uh, have us on, we would do inter- interviews. With. It didn't matter who it was, we'd do interviews with. So it was just a matter of pushing, and then finally, uh, when, once we got the camp together, you know, we have uh, great people like Barry. You know, on board and, and getting us uh, more stuff. So it's uh, you know, it's all about the work, right? It's it's all and it's been a really great word of mouth. You know, with every internet radio station we've done interviews with, they really love the band. They they, they they're digging the music, which is great, and they're starting to do word of mouth. So it's it's really starting to snowball now from from Oklahoma to Florida. We, I think we just got picked up on a on a spear fishing show. Really, <laughs> that's cool. Where they're, <laughs> where they're going to play, you know, I don't know what song they're going to play while they're spearfishing, but I mean, hey, that's cool. They they play metal music to spearfishing, and it's on a local Florida Fox affiliate type thing uh, down there. So cool. It's, yeah. it's slowly building, you know. It's it's coming along nicely. Yeah, anything you can at at any time. Like it's uh, especially with promotion of a band promotion, you really have to be somewhat of a uh, <clears throat> slut and, and just try to try to get out and touch as many people as you can. Very cool. This is, uh, I have one non-metal question for you, uh, and it's because of the Edmonton connection. Are you guys uh, Gretzky fans? Who? Uh, who? Yeah. What's that? Oh, you, you know, you see, you got the number wrong, man. You got you got turned upside down, man. We're merrily American Lemieux fans. No, uh, Gretzky fans? Well, no. But say Gretzky, yes, I, I, uh, I'm I a rabid Edmonton Oilers fan. Right. I love Gretzky, of course, because of uh, everything he's done. Uh, you, you would love to watch hockey with me. I'm the greatest person to watch hockey with. Just l- absolutely live and breathe. I, I come from a hockey family, and I'm the only like musician. All the, everybody else has got wooden sticks. So I got the uh, I got the guitar. <laughs> I love it. Cool. <laughs> you know, I got the mic stand, and 
Uh, yeah, I'm just a rabid, rabid Edmonton Oilers fan, and uh, yeah, uh, I'm always that's uh, my colors. I bleed uh, copper and blue. If you were to punch me in the nose, uh, blood metal would come out. But if it was in the wrist or something, it's uh, copper and blue. Very cool. Hey, where's the best place to get in touch with you guys online? Uh, well, you can go right to uh, Facebook. And you can go to the official uh, band page, Killinger Rocks, or you can go right to KillingerRocks.com, and that is probably the best place to find everything that we have there. We have our MySpace, we have our YouTube, and of course we have videos and a free download of the uh, of the song, and I believe of the video. Is that right, Chris? The video yeah, you get, yeah. That's for holding on. Yeah, and that is for holding on. And you can also uh, click like right on the uh, right on our uh, website right there, and you can click like right there uh, to our Facebook page. Cool. Yeah, well, we did, did Facebook and all that. Very cool. We'll definitely link that through the show note version of today's uh, show, the podcast version of today's show. What song would you like to play for the Talking Metal listeners right now? Uh, we could play wow. Hold it on, Holding On if you want, or we have uh, the other songs queued up too. So whatever you guys want. Well, you know, that's, uh, I, was, uh, I, I knew you were going to ask that question, and I was thinking about what do we do? Do we play the single? No, we just told them where to get the single. Right. And they yeah. can have it for free, and they can have the video, and they can go right to KillingerRocks.com and get it. Let's let's uh, give the listeners uh, something that they know. Uh, give them uh, the track Never Change with George Lynch. Yeah, George Lynch does the solo and the, and the end solo in that song. Yeah. Okay, very and cool. It is a roller coaster ride, man. It is a roller coaster ride solo. George uh, gave us a doozy. Yeah. Hey, guys, can we get an ID? You guys say your names and your band name, and you're listening to Talking Metal. Absolutely. Go ahead, Chris. This is Chris Chalice. And this is Dave Williams, and you're listening to TalkingMetalLive.com. Cool. Thanks, guys. Guys, this is Never Change by Killinger, featuring the one and only George Lynch. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Appreciate it. Love you, too, man. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you.
And we're back for another amazing segment of Talking Metal Live. Yes, if you're listening to the podcast version of this, we are going to be uh, starting the next hour. And if you're listening to the podcast version of this, we may have, for legal reasons, omitted the story about Motorhead. (laughs) No, no, not a chance on that. But uh, we're going to start the next hour with uh, Jamie St. James, the mastermind behind Black and Blue, his his interview, hopefully, um, assuming he picks up the phone when we call him. So let's talk some Black and Blue right now. Eric, our guest for today's Talking Metal Live. Were you surprised to hear that Black and Blue was back together actually doing a new album? I guess they had done some touring, um, you know, over the course of, what, the past 10 years or so. But they, uh, Jamie returned from uh, or left Warrant for what reasons, I'm not sure, but um, and uh, reformed without Tommy Thayer, Mm -hmm. uh, who was, uh, for the most part, I think the songwriting partner in all those original Black and Blue albums. reform the band without him uh surprised shocked uh could care less <laughs> uh, no i i was i was excited that uh i mean the excitement wore off when the album hell yeah their new record was announced you know right coming soon three years ago yeah or whatever yeah. it was it took i mean a while. it's just right. a long time you know there was a you know kind of an announce you know some public acknowledgement that we're back doing this this record's coming out you know we've got a title we got some and then just years went by yeah you know, we changed presidents and, yeah. you know, a lot of right. things changed. And then the album just kind of secretly came out. It re- I know they're on Frontiers, that Italian label, I yeah, think. Yeah, smaller and, label, and, yep. Uh, the, Frontiers does a lot of stuff. I mean, they have, you know, they have Journey and stuff, I think, too. I mean, they they, they do big bands, but over in right. Europe. But yeah. uh, their presence here is limited. I mean, I like a lot of bands on Frontiers. Yeah. Um, but uh, I was psyched that they got a deal, and but, you know, the record just kind of, eked peeped out like there was no mention of it really i think on a lot of sites and stuff so right. I, maybe it's just a slow burn and maybe some people it is a pretty good it. record it I, is a I good listened record. to it there's some real good tracks on monkey hail hail monkey is, yeah monkey's yeah. a great track yeah and a lot of great stuff on the record so we're looking forward to talking with him i remember you know black and blue is is kind of interesting because like uh, i feel a lot of the 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 oh, i like to call them second generation you know uh commercial metal fans if you will don't know that band you Mm -hmm. know um people who who were into warrant and stuff you know bands that came out in the later 80s a lot of them don't know black and blue yeah i feel like they kind of there was like a 84 well they were on the first metal massacre compilation with slayer yeah and i think armored saint and a lot of other now forgotten bands metallica Metallica. yeah Yeah. Yeah. again forgotten bands you know there you go (laughs) little little bands that couldn't right um but uh yeah black and Blue was part of that, yeah, the mid eighty mid early mid eighties bands, like second tierish bands like Keel and Kick Axe and right. a lot of these bands that never really jumped over. Although Black and Blue had more records than all those bands. I mean, yeah. they, they did five consecutive Four or five consecutive records. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think they 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 even put out a box set like ten years ago. Yeah. Yeah. With a DVD. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So and uh hold on to eighteen was obviously the big it 
I don't know if it was a big, but it was a, it was one of those those kind of uh, videos that snuck on MTV yeah. pre headbangers yeah. ball, if you will. Um, and and I remember I didn't have MTV, but I would go over to my friend's house and just hit record on his Betamax and sure. uh, get like four hours of MTV. <laughs> and then I'd go home and fast forward through it looking for the gems. See, I know. wouldn't yeah. fast forward. I lived in Germany, so I would have yeah. friends tape MTV at night for me and just yeah. mail me the tapes. And I would because I wanted to see a Sprite commercial with Cool Modi in it and stuff yeah. like because we just didn't get all that. We didn't get that stuff in Germany. So I would watch it all front to back. And then all of a sudden, Black and Blue Miss Mystery would pop up right after, you know, uh, you know, uh, some cr- non rock song. You know, when MTV just didn't have genre based programming, it was just here's a bunch of music videos. Enjoy, kids. Yeah. <laughs> like, here's your babysitter for the next three hours. Yep. And Black and Blue, interesting. A lot of big name producers they worked with, uh, of course, Gene Simmons and Bruce. What was that guy's name? Bruce Fairburn. Fairbairn. Is that his name, John? Fairburn. Yeah. 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 And yeah. What, what's the other guy? The German guy, uh, Dieter. Dieter uh, Dirks. Yeah. Dieter oh, Dirks yeah. did for the Bree- first. For Breeze Music, because, yeah, he did all. He did the Twisted Sister stuff, except. Except. And yeah. the Scorpions Scorps. records, too. Yeah. Well, he did yeah. Blackout, maybe? I I'm think not, he did yeah, I'm not yeah. sure. But, yeah. So uh, definitely some big name producers that. Black and Blue worked with, and uh, yeah. definitely a, a band that I always felt should have been a little more well-known. They didn't they sound were. like anyone else. I mean, right. <clears throat> especially with Jamie's voice, like, they were a singular-sounding band. No one sounded like them. You right. know, their, their, their take on melody and everything, I mean, they were, you know, sort of the Pacific Northwest version of kind of a harder docking to me. I mean, they were, no one, you know, they just sounded like themselves, and it was a shame that they didn't get more traction, especially over in Europe. I mean, they were an obscurity in Europe, for from my perspective. But yeah, cool, cool. Yeah, it's interesting the whole metal massacre thing. I was actually researching yeah. it. And it's funny, the first pressing Black and Blue wasn't on apparently. And really, I th- I can't remember who was. They replaced somebody on the second pressing. Um, I, it may have been. Rad, what was the song? Uh, was the song? Uh, was it "Strong Will Rock" or what was the song on that on, uh, on Metal was Massacre? Ch- chain was it "Chains Around Chains Around Heaven"? heaven? Yeah, <clears throat> that's I think what it was. I think yeah. so. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and so it should be interesting to talk to Jamie. The new record, I think, sounds really good. I'm excited about it. And uh, he will be calling in in hopefully about five minutes or so. So let's stay tuned for that. We'll get into a little music. I guess, uh, how about some black and blue? Uh, Maybe one of the classics right now. And we will check out some new black and blue a bit later. Uh, Let me see what I have as far as the classic stuff goes here. Uh, I got... um, Sight for Sore Eyes off of In Heat. I got Rockin' on Heaven's Door, Auto Blast, Hold On to 18. Uh, Mr. Astronomy, any requests out of those few? How about Auto Blast? Yeah, that would be mine. That would be mine, too. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Here we go. (laughs) Blast. (laughs) 